Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So, of course, the House is going to change what the Senate has regarding abortion in the state of Indiana. Because the Senate screwed it up. The Senate screwed it up because, well, well, not because they're pro-life. Not because they have differences on being pro-life. There are some people who don't believe in any exceptions at all. No exception for rape or incest. And barely an exception for life of the mother. And that has gotten some people into some questionable kind of language like State Senator Mike Young. However, some people are okay with the exceptions. The people not okay with the exceptions are, well, they've always told you who they were. They're pro-life. And just because something awful happens to you doesn't mean you take it out on this new life that was formed. That's their take. If you consider that a radical position, may I suggest you haven't spent much time thinking about the position. But it could be argued that if somebody is raped and you say, sorry, you have to carry that baby to term, that people could consider that offensive as well. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Absolutely a pleasure. No, my argument comes from the recognition that there is not an ounce of leadership in the Republican Party. You're not keeping these people together. You didn't come on the same page. You didn't talk these things out before you got to the session. None of it. There was nothing. There still is nothing. Am I to believe that that, uh, Roger Gray has control of the Senate? No. Am I to believe that Tom Houston has control of this Republican Party? Sorry, Todd Houston? No, I don't. Am I to believe that Governor Holcomb is in charge of this party? Not at all. Not at all or in any way. If this has shown us anything, it has shown us that the Republican Party is leaderless in the state of Indiana. True to form, Democrats have the ability to stick together through anything. Through absolutely anything. And before, I was, I was out for, for a couple of days, had a long weekend there. Before I had left, I was discussing something very honestly. Very clearly, and, and to the extent that the Democrats listen to me, I don't know. I don't have that answer. But I said it looks very much like the Democratic Party is okay with unfettered access to abortion. They're okay with recreational abortion. That's the term I used. That term, accurate. You know what they did? I think this was Friday. They said, okay, 22 weeks. Okay, 20 weeks. They brought a time frame element into the conversation. And then they made it shorter. I said the words, and I was accurate at the time. This is a party that isn't bringing anything to the table. They want unfettered access to abortion, 24 7, 365 abortions. These are people who are okay with partial birth abortion because they had brought nothing to the table. What else could you say? Everything they were opposed to. And then they brought time constraints. They took away my argument because they brought the thing. 
the issue that the pro-life side has where they don't believe in exceptions is that that's not where Hoosiers are. They are also not in the place where they want unfettered access to abortion. That's not where they are. They want restrictions. They want rape, incest, life of the mother. They want a time frame. You are not going to win if you are a pro-life person via legislation. Because the answer has to come culturally and it takes time. So now two things are at play here. First, I've said this about the political left and it needs to be said about the political right as well. I am stunned at the number of people who don't understand that the pro-life people are serious people. They mean what they say and they say what they mean and they live it. I don't know why anybody is shocked by such a thing. I don't know why it would be shocking that somebody who was raped might still have the baby. Or that idea is so anathema to somebody, not because rape isn't horrible, but because they don't feel that they should be taking out their disgust of what happened on this child, which, of course, they should not they should not, is the position that the pro-life side has. I'm always amazed that people are, are amazed. I'm equally amazed that people don't understand that you're going to get there bit by bit and piece by piece, and your absolutism isn't going to get you anything. You have to build it over time. That when you overturned Roe v. Wade, that was the start of something, not the end. Did you not understand that this was gonna be a messy thing for the states? A messy thing for you to have to vote on to deal with it? You've been pushing and pushing and working and working on overturning what was clearly a wrong decision in Roe v. Wade, and everyone who says otherwise pays no attention to the Constitution. I'm embarrassed by the justices who were opposed to the overturning, including John Roberts. Oh, we didn't want that political headache. Political headaches are our problem, not yours, Supreme Court. Get it through your damn heads. The American people from time to time have to deal with political headaches, and they don't need the court to make it sweet and easy on them. That's not your job. Well, we would change this wrong thing, but it'll upset too many people, so we'll keep it. Isn't an answer in a republic. That is beyond despicable snobbery. The American people have to deal with the fact they sometimes have to go through some crap to get through an issue. And that's exactly what's going on right now. None of this is easy. Absolutely none of it is easy. Just so we understand each other. Yet, it must happen. The Republican Party did not put together their party in a way that had them present a piece of legislation that could work for both houses. Nope. They threw the crap against the wall and hoped for the best, and they didn't get it. And they look the damn fool for it. Eric Holcomb has no control of this party. Neither does Kyle Hupfer. Neither does uh, Bray. Neither does Houston. Zero control. Now, someone could say, Tony, you're not on the inside. You don't know. You're absolutely correct. I'm on the outside. Whew, thank goodness. I'm watching and saying this is a party that has no control. No one is leading this party. 
I mean, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. And if you said to me, well, you weren't going to be able to get these pro-life guys anyway. Okay, you have the legislation that works for Hoosiers. You let them do their thing and you move on. But you didn't do that. It's this rather haphazard mess of messes. An extremely haphazard mess of messes. I didn't think that was necessary, personally. I think you could have had some level of coordination. So now... Now that it's through the Senate, with these exceptions, remember the pro-life people voted against the exceptions, it's now in the, in, with, with the House. It's with the Courts and Criminal Code Committee. I guess, I, I don't know if that's the proper place for it uh, to go, but that is, of course, where it went. What comes next? I do not know. I have absolutely no idea what they will change, if they're going to vote for it exactly the way the Senate moved it uh, forward. One of the things that I look at and find very questionable about the legislation is that they have, uh, for example, if you're 16 and over, you have eight weeks uh, to have an abortion. And if you're 16 and under, it's 12 weeks. And I have no idea why that is. I don't. I don't. I have no idea why they decided that these breakdowns of time frames somehow meant something. It's very, very odd and very, very awkward. What am I expecting from the House at this stage? I'm done thinking. I know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to push forward. Do I think that create a well? We'll do we'll do twelve weeks uh, in general, or is it only for these three things? That's the question. That's the question. I don't know. I do know that this should have been figured out by Republicans before we got to this moment. Thus, my conversation of a lack of leadership from the governor, from the head of the Republican Party, from uh, the Speaker of the House, from the leader in the Senate. Nobody has these people together. Democrats always know how to be together. And that's because none of them have an individual thought. I mean, that's the story. None of them have their own thought. None of them have their own ideas. Ever, 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 ever. They don't have their own thoughts. No independent mind takes place in the Democratic Party. It is all hive mentality. It's all groupthink. Every last bit of it. And so because of that, that's how they're able to say, hey, well, so, you know, somebody will mention an idea and the next thing you know, oh, it's the only idea that matters. You know how quickly the entire party landed on Green New Deal? Seven and a half seconds. Oh, Green New Deal? Okay, Green New Deal. Let's do the thing. Green New Deal. Yep, 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 yep. They didn't ask themselves what was in it. They didn't give a damn what was in it. Just everybody on board. Let's go to work. And everybody was on board, and that's what what they did. Now, the General Assembly did do something else outside of abortion. They said, "Okay, we are we're gonna we're gonna um, get some people uh, paid. 
but not paid paid. Remember, this is what, the special session was all about trying to help Hoosiers with inflation. So the Senate, they've got their plan, and the Senate plan is to suspend state sales tax on electricity, water, gas, internet, and phone for six months. They say that's going to save the average household $120. The House plan, send all taxpayers back $225. That was the Holcomb plan. That would be the billion dollars we get back. So the House wants to send you $225. The Senate wants you to get back $120 because they think the $225 could add to inflation. You getting your money back is not putting more money in the system. The money's already there. So it's not like a printing of money. So no, it doesn't actually add to inflation. But if we have to choose between the $225 on the House side and the $120 on the Senate side, I say send both. Send everybody the check who gets a check and then save everybody the $120 on the taxes for six months. $345. That sounds good to me. Why do less when you could do more? Do more. Do both. The money being returned to us, it's our money. And suspending taxes is always better. Do both. Let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. Simple. Easy, nothing to think about. That's that's what I would do. Now, some people are arguing that you know it's not much money; it's not going to change anybody's circumstances. Think of it a little bit differently. The two hundred twenty-five dollars is based off of a billion dollars in a surplus. Is it better off back to us, or is it better off with the state? It's always better off back to us, so we get it back. Boom, done. Now. You want to suspend taxes for six months, you won't see any complaints out of me, do it. Don't think of it as, oh, man, we shouldn't do either one of these things. How about we, no, 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 return is the right thing to do, and less taxes is always the right thing to do. So I don't want to be angry about it. I'm going to support those things to the best of my ability. Go get them done. We'll see what the House does. We'll see how they move on abortion. We're following it all, guys. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Yeah, we're going to bring back the on-air job fair. Everybody's looking still. They haven't solved this problem. No problem is solved regarding finding good people. I mean, it's just, it's, it's still a massive problem everywhere. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, I was uh, I was at one of my favorite cigar lounges. I was at Blend uh, Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com in, in Indianapolis, and uh, they were holding a job fair yesterday. They're holding one today. They're holding one uh, today. I think it's running till like, 4 o'clock. They're, they're, they're looking for people. They're offering a 401K life and health insurance and paid time off. Now, now, Ryan, you're you're uh, filling in for a while while we're uh, ar- arranging uh, the next producer of this here show. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good deal, man. Sounds like a sweet deal. Cigars, bourbon, four hundred one k life and health insurance, and paid time off. Why are you working here? I have no clue. See, that's exactly right. Anything I could do to destroy the radio station from the inside, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, it could be because of your love of radio. 
All right, maybe not. But uh, so that's Blend. Actually, they, they are hiring. So if you know somebody, send them over to Blend. Uh, it was 82nd and Dean. I just know how to get there. The Clearwater uh, area, BlendBarCigar.com. Fantastic. And I, I, I want them to hire people. A great spot, right? It's not a nightclub. It's not a sports bar. It's a fantastic place. But there are a lot of fantastic places. So Blend's doing this today. Until 4 o'clock, head on over or give them a call, blendbarcigar.com. Head over and, and talk to them. Great job, great opportunity, great career opportunity. There's a lot of these. There's a lot of these happening, and we've done them before. We've done these uh, on-air job fairs, talking about jobs that are available and talking uh, to business owners. Uh, so we haven't done it in a in about a year. So we are, we're, we're going we're gonna to do it again. We are going to do it uh, again. That'll be in a couple weeks. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. So you don't have to send me anything today, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, uh, man, it, I, I, I'm still so bothered by the administration and others who want to make you think that, that everything is, is just fine and, the economy's fine and people are doing great. They're not doing great. They're not doing great. Far from it. And and we should be honest about this and clear about this and 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 recognize that the hiring is not going well. The hiring is not going well at all. Businesses are still working aggressively to try and find people. They're still desperate to find people. So, look, if we can help, you know, we'll, we'll help. But moreover, it's it's the recognition that that. This economy is not in a great spot, just as we have said. Not because we like it, but because it's not in a great spot. We should be honest. That's what matters most. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Absolutely, going towards a capitalist state with ruthless totalitarianism and human rights violations, it's part of its pillar. And and Andrew, I'm just wondering, it's also a different Taiwan. The president there has just recently been inaugurated and she's clearly has a a very strong position towards Taiwan's independence and its determination to live free from Chinese totalitarianism. She's very strong, she's very well regarded, and she was elected in a democratic election, one that was uh, really applauded almost universally around the world. That is some of the sound from the people at MSNBC as Speaker Pelosi landed in Taiwan. All right, not during the middle of the day, a little bit before 11 p.m. local time to Taiwan. But she landed. But she's there. And I think it matters greatly. And if you've been listening today, you know I uh, 
stand opposed to people who are opposed to this trip. Speaker wants to go to Taiwan. The speaker goes to Taiwan. Is the speaker a politically craven animal? Absolutely she is. I'm no fan of Nancy Pelosi. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I am no fan. But China doesn't get to decide where our speaker goes. And if China decides to engage in threats, we should be responding with such force in word and in action that they become afraid. This is where I'm at. Is this to try and help uh, Democratic Party fortunes by saying we support freedom? Well, sure. Is this because the United States should support Taiwan in its future? Yes. Is this a thumb in the eye to China? Sure. I'm okay with all those things. Tony, you're okay with craven politics? Dude, everybody's doing craven politics. Whether I'm okay with it or not, it's going to happen. But if it's also supportive of Taiwan, I'll take what I can get. I can do two things at once. And there are conservatives, Republicans, who are going to cheer this from Speaker Pelosi. And they're right to do so. They are right to do so. They are right to cheer this because this is indeed the right move. It's the right thing to do. Support of support of Taiwan, I believe, is accurate. However, there's something stronger at play here which is not allowing yourself to be pushed around by the Chinese. Which is why I thought this from John Kirby over at the Pentagon was such a heck of a statement. Speaker can speak for herself uh, and uh, whatever she wants to say on this trip is really her prerogative. That's why it was so important for me in my opening comments, Kelly, to make clear what this administration's policy is with respect to the one china principle when sorry the one china policy um as well as um as not wanting to see cross strait uh, tensions uh, re- resolved by any than other than peaceful means and the fact that we don't support taiwan independence it was important for me to lay that down right at the outset that's our policy that's this administration's approach i can't speak for what speaker pelosi may do or say We don't support Taiwan independence? Well, that's interesting because you had Biden saying if Taiwan was attacked, would would the United States help? He said yes. Um, I, I, I don't know. It looks like this administration is in a couple of weird spots, which is so peculiar to see them have any level of division. But here they are. And while this is going on, of course, you know, you had this terrorist killed, Ayman al-Zawahiri, killed in Afghanistan. Drone attack from the U.S., dead. And you had Joe Biden, uh, he went on television even though he's in uh, lockdown or he's in isolation because he got COVID again. A rebound case. No, 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 no. I'm not buying into that. Just for the record, don't tell me about some rebound case. No one can trust the tests. Are you positive? Are you negative? Probably didn't work, and he still had it. Rebound case. Sound ridiculous. 
Meanwhile, he took to addressing the nation to say, look what I did. At my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan that killed the Emir of Al-Qaeda, Iman al-Zawiri. You know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time the terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11. One of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. For decades, he was a mastermind behind attacks against Americans, including the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, which killed 17 American sailors and wounded dozens more. He played a key role, a key role in the bombing of U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, killing 224 and wounding over 4,500 others. He carved a trail of murder and violence against American citizens, American service members, American diplomats, and American interests. And since the United States delivered justice to bin Laden 11 years ago, Zawahiri has been a leader of al-Qaeda, the leader. From hiding, he coordinated al-Qaeda's branches and all around the world, including setting priorities for providing operational guidance that call for and inspired attacks against U.S. targets. So you get the idea that Zawahiri is a bad guy. That Zawahiri is a guy who you're not going to um, lament his passing. I think that's a nice way to a nice way to put that. The question before us is, what um, what did Afghanistan know and when did they know it? Al Qaeda is operating in Afghanistan, not only. Uh, in in, in the public eye, but in such a way that makes you wonder, well, what about their deal with us? Tony, you can't trust Afghanistan or Taliban to have a deal with us. Oh, I know. But this president who was just talking about, look what we did and under my direction, said we had a deal. So he left Americans to die in Afghanistan and then made a deal with the people he knew he couldn't make a deal with and sure enough weren't paying attention to the deal. To break this down better, um, let, me, uh, let me bring in, um, I'm not bringing in, I will share some audio with you from Clarissa Ward over at CNN, Chief International Correspondent. It was Clarissa Ward who when uh, Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, she was there on the ground Still, uh, uh, she was still there, and she was still engaging and sharing what was happening second by second as the Taliban took over, as the withdrawal was a, such a disaster, as Marines were getting murdered, as Americans were left behind to be tortured or be killed. And Anderson Cooper asks uh, the, the, this tailing question to which, Clarissa Ward does an absolutely incredible job of breaking down the deal and all the ways the Taliban clearly was lying to all of us. Al-Qaeda was not, would have been aligned with the Taliban still. 
Ideologically, absolutely. But what I think is still somewhat shocking about this, Anderson, is that, you know, when we were on the streets and talking to Taliban officials and talking to regular fighters um, as they took over the country, they were adamant that there was no way al-Qaeda or any international terrorist organization was going to be able to get a foothold again inside of Afghanistan. And they understood how high the stakes were for them because the whole notion of the Doha agreements is predicated on this idea that Afghanistan couldn't become a safe haven again. And yet here we are having this conversation in the wake of this momentous event, you know, one official telling CNN that they know that senior Haqqani Taliban figures were not only aware of his presence in this area, because this Sherpur area would be absolutely impossible for him to be living there without them being aware of it, but they also even took steps in the aftermath of the strike to try to conceal the fact that he was there, to try to restrict access to the house where the strike took place, and also to relocate his family. And so you're talking right, about hold the on senior... One second. They absolutely knew he was there. They knew this al-Qaeda leader was there. And they tried to cover up the fact that he got killed. I mean, that's, that's some seriously good reporting. Because this is deeper than, ah, we killed the terrorists. Good, I hope he burns in hell. Right? That's what, that's what everyone's going to say. On, you know, the, the average person's going to say. But, but this is a step deeper. They tried to cover it up. And then she gets into, well, if they tried to cover up this, can we ask whom else? Would be who else? Whom else? Whom else? Are they trying to cover up? Leadership of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, of Taliban-held Afghanistan, literally collaborating with al-Qaeda after promising uh, that they would not do that. And what that does to an already very damaged and dysfunctional relationship between the Taliban and the U.S. and how much more difficult that makes it going forward for the U.S. I mean, this is Zawahiri you're talking about, a guy with a $25 million bounty on his head. What happens when other individuals emerge potentially who are not perhaps as well known to intelligence officials or who are not necessarily on the radar internationally in the same way? How can you trust again in the Taliban word when they talk about a serious commitment to fighting not only ISIS-K, which they are uh, focused on, but other groups like Al-Qaeda in the region. That's excellent analysis. You're, you're reminded that when CNN wants to do just news, they can actually do it. They're really set up to do it, and they have people who can do it. But they don't want to do news so often. They want Brian Stelter, Alison Camarota, or Don Lemon to lecture to us. When they want to do news, damn it, they can do it. That's really good analysis right there. That's like, oh, damn, I had not considered. I had not considered, okay, they killed a terrorist. But how How was the Al-Qaeda guy in with the Taliban guy being protected by the Taliban guy. And if this is somebody that they're willing to try and cover up for, a guy who has a $25 million bounty on his head, who else is doing things that we don't have any knowledge of? All right, maybe the government does, but we the people don't have a knowledge of. And who are they covering up? How are they helping and assisting people? My 
God, what have we done through this horrible, awful, disgusting, despicable, terrible, shameful, and murderous withdrawal? Who? What CNN has effectively done here, for anybody who was listening with any level of ear, was, yeah, I'm glad he's dead, but exactly what kind of damage has uh, has Biden done here with this withdrawal? Because clearly if there's uh, al-Zawahiri, there are others, and Afghanistan, is the Taliban is more than willing to say, yeah, sure. You, this could be your base of operations. Remember, the, the difference between the Taliban and al-Qaeda is, is the idea of, 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 of where their caliphates are. The Taliban just wants the area it wants. Uh, al-Qaeda wants it all. I think I've got that right. So now we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we don't know? What is it that is missing? What other damage can or has been done, will be done? That's that's the question. That's where we are at. Man, it, it opens up a world of thoughts. And these thoughts are, are not good. Not good, to say the least. But none of it makes Biden look good. I understand he wants to crow about this. But there's nothing. Once you get past the glad, I'm glad a terrorist is dead, it all gets worse for Joe. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. What's your current take about the economy itself, but also where the stock markets are in terms of fairly valued or not? You know, I think the economy is actually quite strong right now. You know, the question is where it's going to be in six months and 12 months. Um, But, you know, we're at full employment. There are plenty of jobs available. Wages are going up. Um, You know, Howard Hughes, uh, the company we own, is opening a a kind of food hall, the John George Food Hall uh, at the South Street Seaport. We've had to hire 600 people, and they've been working really hard to do it. We've only hired 350 people in the last, you know, couple of months. If you're looking for a job, there's a good one there. So... You wonder why I'm doing the job fair. You can't tell me the economy is strong because there are plenty of jobs available. If people aren't there to fill the jobs, how is the economy strong? It's a very odd thing uh, to say. That's Bill Ackman who was talking to Ross Sorkin. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That's how we play our game. It doesn't fit. And no one feels that the economy is strong. The idea that we've got low unemployment, are people working? Did they take early retirements? Are they working in the gig economy so they're not working regular jobs? At what moment do the jobs have to pay so much that the prices go up that it makes it harder, if not impossible, for people to enjoy the other things? If the restaurant has to pay $15 an hour for everybody, nay, $20 an hour for everybody, what comes next? What comes next? How do these businesses stay in business? I mean, it's a, it's a rational conversation. It's a rational question. Where is everybody? What are they doing? How are they surviving? 
How are they making a living? Good questions, one and all, that need to be asked. And uh, I don't have a good answer. By the way, they also think that rates are going to stay at 4% plus for the foreseeable future, the next 12 to 18 months in order to kill the inflation. So, best of luck for anybody buying a house because are you talking about uh, 4% on like uh, interest rates for a home? Are you talking about 4% as the rate of the of the, the Fed rate, their target? Because that's going to be a lot more than the 5.8% people are paying for a 30-year fix right now. Damn. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.